0: Welcome to Spritz and Scrums, a podcast by three Benetton
1: fans with a love for
0: Aperol and all things
1: rugby italiano. This week, Benetton make Italian rugby history and continue strong on their route towards Dublin.
2: The Lions of Benetton are blazing a trail for Italian rugby. Benetton
1: 27 cardiff 23. welcome back everybody episode six and spritz is once again for winners we're in the semi-finals of the european challenge cup hey Whee! Whee! hear the clinkling of mm. the ice it's legit it's legit i mean it's sort of a sunday no it's a monday it feels like a sunday Easter the- Monday. Easter Monday! And we're spritzing on Easter Monday
0: to celebrate.
1: We did it. We're in the semi finals. It's never happened before. This is the first time an Italian team has made the semi finals of either the Champions or the Challenge Cup, which is huge. But it feels like it was time. I was almost shocked that an Italian team had never made it. Well, that Bennett had never made it, let's be honest.
2: It was hard earned. That was a hard earned win. It
0: was. Cardiff for a good side, but fucking hell did they make it difficult for themselves.
1: Eddie looked at me after the game and was like, why do you look like we've lost? And it was just the stress. <laughs> I, I was just yeah. too stressed to appreciate the win. Those last 10 minutes were hell to watch. Um, to be honest, most of the second half was pretty nervy to watch. But it was
0: one of those games that they say, that Innocenti says, you know, you have to learn how to win. And it's in games like that that you do learn how to win. And that takes you forward as a team and players to close out games like that.
2: Yeah, that, was, that wasn't an easy win. Normally, when you're at Treviso, you, you think home advantage. We think we're going to be okay. But I don't think Cardiff cared that we were at home. And they played it like it. And in those last 10 minutes, it was all to play for. They uh-huh. really wanted that game. That was not a rollover win. for. Um,
0: no, that game was incredibly intense. But, you know, it's all well and good to throw the ball around against Connacht. Sunny day, glorious, things are going your way. You're getting the rub of the green and you're looking, you know, like absolutely amazing on fire. And it's a completely different thing under torrential rain. Yeah. The ball is a, a bar of soap and you've just got to grind out this hard fought win against a team that knows how to win can win has won this tournament twice in the past and they know that the last time they won it was only five years ago so they know what they're doing some of those players on the pitch have won it before and you've got to turn around and beat them
1: and you're playing against a team who let's be honest know how to play in the rain right that's the other thing it started off and nobody thought the rain was coming it was like oh good rugby conditions and then literally from kickoff it was rain and it didn't stop um and of the two, who's going to know how to play in the rain more? Benetton in uh, sunny northern Italy or Wales, a Cardiff Wales. Um, I've never been to Wales. I, I will go eventually. I'm sure it's beautiful, but I imagine it gets a lot of rain.
2: Rain's the most. That's a fact. <laughs>
1: um, but it was quite funny in the lead up to the game, you know, the BKT URC publishers all of their like, Um, computer generated stats and like probabilities of winnings, lossings, whatever, lossings, winnings, loot, losses. Um, And they put Benetton to win by one or something. It was incredibly tight. And I thought, come on, we're at home. It shouldn't be that close. The last time we played Cardiff, we scored what 60 odd points, but it was tight. Um, Last
0: um, time we played Cardiff in Treviso.
1: Yeah, sorry. Yes, very important
0: and if you remember if you go back into the banks of your 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 memories you'll remember that we also beat Cardiff once at home with a last minute try and then Tommaso Allen right on the touch line put the conversion over like it was never in doubt to win the game and that was a huge moment and sometimes I look at that and it reminds me that Tommaso Allen is a great player on his day and you wonder why he can't be like that every day. But moving on.
1: Let's start from the beginning. Great day. Um, The weather was not what it was the weekend before. However, they sold out and they sold out in record time because you know they only had a week to sell their stadium out. They didn't know that they were gonna progress. So they put those tickets on sale um, and within I think two or three days they sold it out. However, uh, I think we've discussed privately, point of contention. The amount of attendance for the game was exactly 5,000 Make of that what you
0: will. We're not going to say anything more about it, but make out what you will. The capacity is over 6,000. They (laughs) sold it out. There wasn't an empty seat visible, but the capacity was down as 5,000. I'm not going to say anything.
2: They are loud, though. (laughs) (laughs) I watched a lot of rugby this weekend, and I don't think there's fans like it. They were just really... Really, really loud this weekend.
0: They're getting louder year on year. Yeah. The first getting time louder. we went to Treviso, we are at the pub with Eduardo Gori, and he was telling me that he got quite frustrated at times because they don't yell. The Treviso fans traditionally didn't really get that loud.
1: And Eddie the- is a number one yeller. <laughs> <laughs> you know, If you go to watch a game with Eddie, prepare to be embarrassed by uh, how vocal he can be.
2: I've watched games on TV where Ellie and Eddie are at the game. And I can hear Eddie <laughs> shouting because <laughs> it's so quiet. and think I'll just hear this English voice shout at the top. Leone. And I'm like, so we used to play a game where I would text them and say, right, do it now. And I'll see if I can hear you. <laughs> and I wouldn't be able to hear you.
1: But to their credit, they have got louder. And it was really, really loud this weekend. I mean, we weren't there, sadly, but um, you couldn't hear a Cardiff voice. Um no,
0: and it was loud at the times where you really need your fans yeah. to be loud. That's one thing that's going to be difficult when they go away to Toulon. The Benetton fans were louder when Benetton were under pressure. When Benetton yeah. just cocked up, that's when they get really loud in a really supportive way. It's not just all singing and dancing when you're winning, it's you know, letting the players on the pitch feel your support. When you know that they're up against it, and that's what I really thought the fans at Minigo were doing this weekend, and they're not going to get that in three weeks' time in the south of France, I will try my best if I'm able to get there. I don't <laughs> think i can <laughs> I don't think I can do that, I mean, especially with the Toulon guy who yells at the beginning. I mean, he puts anyone's voice to shame. I don't know what they call it. He gets a microphone. It's all very intimidating, and they they do a chant before the I game. Know. Yeah, yeah. they'll make it. A,
2: they'll make it a big deal because they want the whole world to see how good France are at hosting these these big games. And mm. They people be watching. And, and I think their um,
1: their stadium attendance this weekend was sort of twelve thousand. So you know, you're looking at over double what we had. Um, and and that will if it if it if they didn't sell it out this weekend, it will only get busier for the semi finals. No, it looked so,
0: very empty. Yeah, their stadium looked very empty. But I think Toulon expect a lot, and I think maybe a lot of fans at Toulon think the Challenge Cup is beneath them. Even though it seems that the team and the club have sort of targeted, yeah, they challenge cup quite hard this year.
1: Yeah, but yeah, I mean, look, it was a a nerve wracking game. Um, Started from the off, really, a little bit shakily. Um, Straight away, within sort of sixty seconds, we we gave away three points. It's not, it's not even called a restart because it's just the start. But um, we again just couldn't exit from the start. um, Kick off. Kick-off, yeah. Gave away a penalty within the first minute. Um, three points on the board and then time to crack Planked on.
2: We cleaned yeah. it back pretty soon after a couple of minutes. Yeah, the,
0: f- the first half looked like Benetton had it all under control, to be honest. Menoncello was absolutely on fire. Unfortunately, he twisted his ankle around 15 minutes in. After that, he wasn't quite 110%. but
1: I mean, he was still 95%, which for... no. A- a player of that caliber just is still
0: comparing him to what he was like in the first 15 minutes, yeah. which was absolutely electric. He was tearing their defense apart. And, you know, then he, he did twist his ankle and he had a great game. But one of Cardiff's tries actually did come from a straight men and shallow. Tackle where he just missed it. He just missed yeah. his tackle completely. It's probably the it?
1: only bad thing he's done in however many games we've watched over the last month or so. But yeah, was, um,
0: yeah. Mason Grady, his opposite number, pinned his ears back and went round the outside of menoncello I think Menencello is probably a better player most of the time than Mason Grady. Mason Grady is obviously an excellent player too, but that was definitely one nil. Mason Grady, thirteen on thirteen, and absolutely did menoncello around the outside, which led to a try.
1: But you're jumping ahead because um, before that, Menoncello was, I mean, all of the first half, he was superb. And to be honest, most of the second half, apart from a couple of little errors, um, it's just great to watch the takes he does, the takes that he manages to catch from objectively pretty bad passes. A lot of them, a lot of the balls that Menoncello gets handed are pretty awful um, takes where he's having to like turn behind himself to grab the ball to then turn and run on and, But somehow, I mean, he's a beast. I love watching him and we're very lucky to have him. And I think he's just recently signed a good few more years. I think he's
0: there till 2026 or 27 now. So a long old time.
1: Beautiful.
0: And he's only 20 years old. Yes. It feels like he's been around for a long time because he scored against France in last year's Six Nations.
1: And in that Six Nations, um, where he scored against France, he was the youngest player to ever score in a Six Nations at that stage. he just turned 19, so... Yeah, very young player. Um, but looking back to the game itself, Benetton in the first half did dominate. However, I think one of the things that I picked up on um, being a bit of an issue was their restarts. Um, as we just said, they gave three points away off the kickoff. And then after they kick for points again, there was another restart where Sebastian Negri, I think, is meant to take the ball and just kind of watches it flop in front of him and goes to kick it. And it's really unclear what was meant to happen
0: it looked like he was trying to take it on the half volley it was really weird it landed in a bit of space and he lined himself up if he was just going to punt it and then didn't
1: bizarre anyway it ended up in cardiff hands basically in r 22 so again the the kind of restarts we still haven't quite nailed that
0: something that did go very well in the game which we've been bitching about a lot so it's worth calling it out is that in this game benetton had 100 line out accuracy between Nicotera and Melee, they nailed fourteen out of fourteen lineouts, as well as Rutsa and a couple of the other boys being able to steal a few of Cardiff's lineouts. That's absolute dominance in that area yeah. of the game.
1: I think um, Cardiff have one of the worst lineouts of the URC, but we don't care. We we have we had a great great lineout game, um, and yeah, Rutsa was on fire on some of those steals. Um, I just said about Negri missing. Um, missing that restart. But then he did um, He did have some very, very good carries in uh, Cardiff's 22. Thinking back to like the couple of missed opportunities for our first try, which came after 20 minutes, but actually before those 20 minutes, there were multiple opportunities where Benetton could have scored. One of them was from Negri's carry, where he ends up passing it to Duvenage. The argument is if he just backed himself, um, you know, with his force pushed through, could he have just scored it himself? Um, we'll never know.
0: I think he probably could have but I saw what he was trying to do he made a break he broke through and then he looked over his shoulder he saw a scrum half and he thought if I get tackled we lose this ball if I give it to him and he gets tackled I can protect the ball so that's what he went to do but I think he could have maybe got over Sebastian Negri has made more carries in the Challenge Cup this season than any other player in the tournament great stat.
1: Great player. He's really come alive. I mean, for years, people sort of said Sebastian Negri, Sebastian Negri. He's amazing. He's amazing. And yeah, he's been good. But I think he's just really popped in the last couple of months For from basically the Six Nations. Um, he's not just turned into like, get the ball, fall over and commit a few people. Um, he's turned into like, get the ball and make some decent, decent meters. Um, but yeah, there I, I go, there was a couple of moments where we could have scored our first try long before we did. Um, The other one was from that set piece from the scrum, where they were trying to do some some set play, so much so that Stowers has a massive gap that he could run in, but instead ends up passing it, which then gets passed out to the wing and Padovani drops it. But you kind of go, gosh, if Stowers wasn't so set in having to make this set piece play through and just play a little bit more, improvise with what you've got. He could have seen a massive gap in front of him and could have just run it in. That was
0: the case. I think that there was a few options and times like that in this game where they took the wrong choice because they were nervous. Star so yeah. was there, wanted to play. It was a set call, set move. You could see it was a set move. They parted like the Red Sea in front of him and he still gave the pass because that's what he had to do. It's what he was meant to do. And then Imanga gave um, Padavani a, a pretty shitty pass. And padavani didn't do very well with it, a complete opposite to last week, but it was rainy conditions. Yeah. However, it didn't really matter because two minutes later, Benetton scored anyway with coach's favorite Rhino Smith.
2: oh, well, we did it again. when he plays well, we play well and we won again. He chose his runs well. There was a brief period, I think when we went down in the second half where they went kind of went back into Italy mode and tried to play everything from everywhere. Uh, I think out of frustration. but I think, one of the best things that they've probably taken away from that is being able to not do that and play when you need to play. And I think that's ultimately what got them the win.
1: Yeah, so lesson learned. Yeah, yeah. No, his first try was was glorious. And it wasn't even, you know, they. it felt like in the beginning they were trying to overpass it, like keep building these set plays. But actually the first Benetton try came from, I think it was, one pass, Brex, Brex to Amango, Manor to, to Rhino, and then Rhino just runs this perfect line. Well,
0: he gassed everyone. Yeah. He gassed everyone. It was And it was great to see. But Benetton had a great first half, and Rhino had a great first half. And then Benetton had a fairly shaky second half. And Rhino, as coach was saying, when Benet- when Rhino plays well, Benetton play well, Rhino had a relatively shaky yeah. second half as well. Right early off, he goes up to catch a ball in the air and um who's that lovely welsh winger was it josh adams and he takes josh adams out in the air no no malice in it nothing at all but in the first half he was unstoppable
2: under the high ball
1: yep yep yep
2: it wasn't for rhino's pace that acceleration he has that try at the end for Watson wouldn't ever have happened oh yeah like that extra whatever half second that's what makes the difference and it
1: is that extra bit of gas.
2: we're lucky to have him
0: Yeah. yeah so far in the game Game starts. Cardiff take the lead. Benetton bite back. Benetton look in control from that point for the rest of the first half. They scored a great try. What was the score going in at halftime? 13-10. 13-10. So Benetton are going in at halftime. Feeling in the pretty lead.
1: confident. And their defence, their, I thought their line speed was brilliant in the first half. They were really pushing Cardiff back every time they were trying to gain ground and they were just or you know off their line really really pressurizing um and Cardiff's single try in that first half comes from kind of you know luck of a bounce again i'm not really sure how you defend that it was
0: it... well it was thomas williams at scrum half he put a box kick over which owen lane then tried to gather but couldn't and basically knocked it on but it went backwards so i'm not saying it was a knock on what i'm saying is that he had no control over this ball he sort of fell over it but the ball bounced behind him and then was picked up by thomas young who was able to dot it down but it was one of those tries that just came from complete chaos it's a great kick from Thomas Williams in the first place, but then the ball is bouncing around all over the place. It's slipping out of people's hands and it ends up to fall to Thomas Young, who's able just to dot it down. It wasn't an orchestrated, well-worked try. It was good vision by Thomas Williams. It was good execution, but it wasn't really... It was it was a bounce of a ball again. Another bounce of the ball try. Yeah. That could have bounced into Rhino's hands. It didn't. It bounced into Thomas Young's hands. So that was their try in the first half. Benetton go in a half-time up. They come out in the second half, they're up, but that's when things start to get really shaky for Benetton and they go through, say, a difficult half, but at least a difficult half an hour.
1: Um, I put I wrote down stupid, stupid shit in the second half, the first 15 minutes of the second half. There's a couple of just moments where you're like, what are we doing? Do we want to lose this game? So that moment where Umanga, um collects a kick deep into our 22 and has to just you know get rid of it just kick it and somehow he thinks he's gonna dummy i'm not sure who it was a welsh player that welsh player doesn't get dummied and ends up basically charging down his kick um somehow we managed to recover by complete luck but you're just like what are you doing pissing around with this ball there's nobody there to pass it to just get it get rid of it
0: yeah Omanga gets the ball in his 22. he dummies the first kicker then he tries to kick it but he kicks it flat it's charged down really low the ball's bobbling around all over the place no one's diving on it there's no basics here from either team everyone's just slapping it backwards hoping that someone on their team is going to gather it absolute disaster but eventually it ends up with Watson Watson has a winger's pace he's able to get a little bit of space and fair play to Benetton by then their pack is supporting they to set up a caterpillar and Duvernage they able to to get rid of the ball but that was
1: terrifying pure
0: luck away from not being seven points to Cardiff and that would have been the game lost from a moment of madness
1: well yes because we've missed that obviously Cardiff score early on in the second half again through a missed tackle with Brex um and Duvenage, yeah. but mainly sorry, not Brex, Menanchello, um, who you mentioned earlier, that's sort of his big error of the game. So, you know, if Umangas clear out uh, had fallen into Cardiff hands and they'd gone fourteen points up, you suddenly go, God, this game would have been very, very, very different. Um
0: But that was all that shaky period for about half an hour. You could tell because even Captain Lamaro he he threw an intercepted pass everyone was trying to do too much no one knew when to put it under their shirt no one knew when to try and play yeah they were just going all at it they were behind they'd lost the lead they were rattled and you could tell they were rattled and they were playing like they had something they had still a time on the clock they didn't need to push it so hard but because they're young They were pushing it too hard.
1: And if I may, I think one of the best decisions, um, one of the things that kind of calmed them and turned this game around was bringing on Albinoz for Umanga at the 62nd minute. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think Umanga Umanga deserved to start and he had a great first half, but the second half, the first 20 minutes of the second half, it it just started to get very shaky. And I think Bortolami subbing on Albinoz, it just, it, I think it calmed things down Um, and you could tell because then sort of, you know, we started to to play a little bit better and we scored ourselves. Oh, that was a nervy try as well.
0: That try had about three handling errors in it, but they all regathered. Everyone, everyone fumbled it like a hot potato and then passed it on. It looked quite nice at the end, but it wasn't nice watching it as a fan. It was. Watson nearly
1: dropping it over the line, but he does amazingly and regathers and actually Brex passes it back like behind um Albinos. again i think Brax is superb i love brex and i wrote down that he had he actually put in such a defensive shift um when they needed to one of my favorite moments was him cutting across um double smash running up the line both sides of the pitch so he does like one over on the right hand side of the pitch smashes somebody then retreats back the ball's then being shifted to the other side of the pitch and he does another one right on the opposite um five meter channel it was just great to watch however one of my minor issues with Brex, for all of the wonderful things that he does is that sometimes his passes are not as clean as i want them to be he very often passes the ball behind somebody and they have to put in quite a lot of effort to keep hold of it and to catch it behind them as they're running so that was an example of that um the second try comes from yeah people having to do very very good handling um in order to score it
2: that's the genius of rhino smith though is that he saw that there was fumbling going on and he made up the difference by accelerating into that into that space imagine that pass to watson how fine a margin that was yeah if, if, if rhino Swiftin didn't recorrect the issues yeah. that would not have happened
1: i think rhino Albanoz, and didi were sort of the the older heads that we needed and Albanos isn't even that old but just that sort of experience of sort of international level for argentina just having them on the pitch for those final 20 minutes um because actually we forgot to mention didi's pass to lamaro for lamaro's try that was perfect when they've set up right on on cardiff's five meter line there's possibly four people that duvenage has to choose from to score that try and cardiff there's not a whole lot you can do you can't mark all four of them you're busy scrambling on your five meter line great try
0: brilliant try that happened before the try we're talking about
1: i know i know i forgot to mention it
0: right that was an that was a great try that was a captain's try getting them back in the game um in the last 20 minutes so far the stats of the season is that benetton they said have the the worst last 20 minutes of any team in the urc benetton conceded more tries than anyone else in the last 20 minutes of the urc which is not fitness no one could watch italy or benetton play and claim its fitness it clearly is something mental and also with their big rotations that doesn't happen with every team it happens with some other teams and you wouldn't expect it necessarily to happen with the team that was on the pitch on Saturday or the team that was on the pitch last week but as a fan it's something that you constantly are aware of that this team have a habit of throwing things away so when you're chasing a game you're getting towards that last 20 minutes it's terrifying and when they get a slight lead it's also (laughs) equally terrifying there's no relaxation no
1: you can't rest easy at any point as was shown to us a couple of weeks ago, when we had, what, nearly 20 point lead and we managed to lose the game. You can't rest easy. Um, However, something that was very, very important going into the final 10, 11 minutes of, of the game, was Albinoz kicking the conversion for our final try.
0: That was very important. In fact, that brings me on to the last 10 minutes of the game. So there we are, and it's a rainy, grey day in Treviso in northeast Italy. Watson has just gone over. He's fumbled the ball in the air, but Watson dives over like a swan to get Benetton back in the game. It's on the touchline. Albinoz. Needs to make the kick. Albinoz recently come on for Umanga. He's had a good, good start to his time on the pitch. But this is a massive, massive kick. If Albinoz gets this kick, Benetton go four points up with ten minutes to go. That means that no Cardiff penalty is going to be enough to win it. Albinoz stands up. He strikes it sweetly. Boom. 27-23 to Benetton four points ahead and off we go. Cardiff restart, Benetton in their own 22, Duvenage, as he's wanted to do, a box kick, over it goes, but the nerves of Benetton mean it's knocked on in the air and we have a Cardiff scrum. Cardiff have a very, very strong scrum. Pasquale has been very good this game all over the park, but on this occasion... The penalty goes against him. Pasquale stands up. He walks backwards, looking like an Italian long-haired Dan Cole. Guilt all over his face for what he's just done and Cardiff have a penalty. But because Albinos has sunk his kick and Benetton are four points ahead, they can't kick it. Priestland can't just put it over the posts, and he's been kicking everything perfectly all day. They have to go to the corner. So... They go to the corner. We're 73 minutes in now. There's a maul. The maul goes up to the five metre line. And then Cardiff spin it along the line. They're attacking, they're attacking, they're on the five metre line just outside the Benetton try line and then bang, another penalty. Big Canone not rolling away. They pump it back into the corner. Now coach's favourite thing. He loves it. The Cardiff backs get involved in the maul. There's all sorts in there. There's centres, there's wings. I think there's only three players on the pitch who aren't in this mall, which is slowly but surely making its way from the five-metre line to the Benetton try line But the thing about backs in malls is they don't really know what they're doing. And this thing goes down, and because there's backs all over the back of it, Cardiff are unable to get the ball back, obviously helped by Rutzer, who falls all over it, like a wet fish. Benetton, a bit of breathing space. Oh. They have a scrum, but the scrum is in the worst possible place. You could have a scrum on a lucky pitch <laughs> on your own five metre line, basically bottom right hand corner of the field. So if you imagine you're putting the ball in from the left, it means that their scrum half is all over you and their flankers have a very easy tackle to make. Because you're on the wrong side of the scrum. You can't go out the right. There's no space there. You only have to go out the left. And that's the side that their scrum half is on. Canone takes it. He does just about enough. There's a ruck on the Benetton try line. Juvenage knows this ball can't touch the try line. He's watched Zebrae games. And he's seen what they do. And he's learned, I'm not going to do that. Not over here. We're not in Parma. Not today. And he does a box kick. Does as well as he can. But the box kick stays within Benetton's 22. The pressure is still on. We have a Cardiff line out in the 22. The clock is at 77 minutes. Three minutes left in the game. They take it cleanly, and Benetton are attacking this ball. Melee's going for the ball at the breakdown. Zuliani's going for the ball at the breakdown. Lamaro's even going for the ball at the breakdown. Now, Three attempts by Zuliani to turn it over. And the last one that Zuliani goes for, he gets it. But in the process of pulling it back, he knocks it on. Another Cardiff scrum. The clock just about to hit 80 minutes. Alongi is now on for Pasquale, a new tighthead they pack down. The ball pops out the back of the Cardiff scrum. That's not what they wanted to happen. And all of a sudden... Benetton are defending in open play again. Zuliani's going over it. Benetton aren't overcommitting at the breakdown, but anything where that ball is left a little bit out, they're all over it. They need to get that ball back and Cardiff know it. Zuliani is a constant threat at the breakdown. All of a sudden, Zuliani's over the ball and Lepetitomani Tomani knows it. He sees him. He needs to stop him. The only thing he can think about doing is a neck roll. He gets away with it, but then no, he hasn't got away with it because the touch judge has seen it. All of a sudden, there is a penalty to Benetton. The clock is in the red. It is game over. And that is how Benetton spent the last 10 minutes of the game without their players ever having the ball or leaving their own 22, and that is such a turnaround for the team that has the worst 20 minutes of any team in the URC, the BKT URC. So, well done, Benetton. History is made.
1: These are heady,
2: heady times for Benetton, and for Italian rugby as a whole. This Team have made history. Benetton march on where no Italian side has gone before.
0: So that was obviously history made. And so watching the highlights show on BT Sport, I was very excited to hear what they had to say about this game. They're going through all the Challenge Cup quarter finals, and I've just recorded here because I think Martin Bayfield
1: that sounds right why did you say it like that
0: well I forgot his name as I was saying it but also <laughs> I don't care that I forgot his name even though he's a, he was the uh, body double for Hagrid in, in um mm. Harry Potter was he he's also a British and Irish Lion and so that's why it's really important that we listen to his chat his great analysis and breakdown of the Benetton Cardiff game so here I've got a little recording this is Brian O'Driscoll, here he is talking about one of the other Challenge Cup quarterfinals, Glasgow. Then we have Martin Bayfield talking about the Benetton game. And then we crack on to the Toulon game. So everyone hold on to your hats and listen to what the English pundits have to say. I'm aware that Brian O'Driscoll is Irish, but this is BT Sport, which is why I said English pundits. an international
2: team, basically. We talk about Ireland and Manchester. This is kind of Glasgow and Scotland. You know, the pack is full of internationals. Jack Dempsey picked me up where he left off in the in the Six Nations, um, scoring an all on try. And it probably was a bit closer than the scoreline, than you know, the game suggested. But um, they'll be thrilled. And to be fighting on two fronts coming into the latter stage of the season is, is uh, you know, inspiring stuff. Yeah, and hats off to Benetton. Um, we got we had a, a rerun of the Challenge Cup final in Toulon yeah. against Lyon. Toulon had a point to prove. Yeah, they did. I mean, listen, they've got this up done a good job. And... <laughs> Did you all learn something? <laughs> yeah, we had a lot from that.
1: Hats off to Benetton. All they got. That's it. Hats off to Benetton. I mean, they talk about every other Challenge Cup um, quarterfinal. Hats off to Benetton. And they talk about asks,
0: every other quarterfinal in detail.
1: If anyone uh, is is wondering why we started this podcast, it was literally... For comments like hats off to Benetton as if there's nothing else to say you could even just say hats off to Benetton making Italian rugby history this is their first time in a semi-final of a European Cup which is the same the same as for Glasgow it's their first time who else
0: it's the same for Scarlet's as well yeah. it's the same for Scarlet's it's the same for Glasgow they mention it's Scarlet's first time in the semi-final of this competition they mention it's Glasgow's first time in the semi-final of this competition they don't mention it's Benetton and in fact, any Italian clubs, first time in the semi-final of this competition, they don't even talk about the game. They don't mention who they were playing. It's totally shit, to be honest. It's fucking garbage punditry on yeah. BT Sport. It's almost like, well, one, I don't think they watched the game, which is why they're not talking about it in any way. They didn't bother watching it. That's yeah. why they've got nothing to say. And two, it's sort of against their
1: narrative, their PR,
0: their narrative to have an Italian side doing well against Cardiff. I guarantee if Cardiff had won this game, they would talk about it. It would get mentioned if Cardiff had won this because Wales has had a difficult year. But they're not mentioning it. Zero mention. That's all you get for getting into the semi-final of the yeah. European Cup,
1: yeah. yeah, and they could. There was so much you could talk about without even if you know you don't want to focus too much on it because it's an Italian team. There's so much more you could say about the fact that you know, from the URC in the semi-finals of European Rugby, you've got an Irish team, an Italian team, a Scottish team, and a Welsh team. Come on, that in itself is pretty cool. And nothing, they they had nothing to say. It's so frustrating, and that's why we're here.
0: Totally frustrating. And then they go on to talk about Toulon versus. Lyon in great detail. Yeah. They're not British teams. They're French. In fact, I'm pretty sure there's more English players playing for Benetton than there are playing for Toulon. Definitely more than they're playing for Lyon. So why do they get the airtime? What's so special about them? I mean, it is total and utter shit. And it's frustrating because it lends itself to an ignorance about Italian rugby from a general population because the pundits can't be bothered to yeah. do their job.
1: No, I think you're right. I think they didn't watch the game, so there was nothing they could really say because they do talk in depth about the others. So you do just think they've, they've not watched it and they don't really know what to say. Let's move on.
2: Speaking of which, let's move on. Is this what you call xenophobia?
1: <laughs> what you call, what one calls? <laughs>
2: no, <laughs> Is this an example of that word? Well, well I don't think you. so,
1: coach, because it would be if they didn't talk about the French results, right? You could argue, like, yeah. no. I think it's just that they just can't be bothered. That it's it's just archaic punditry, right? With this idea that, like, oh well, you know, who really are Bannerton? What is this Italian it is, it is
2: bad. Because last night I was at the pub and I was walking around in my stash and um, got talking to a bloke there who you know, talked about rugby. Has, to, if I still play, turns out like he plays at a local club that I used to play for as a kid. Lots in common. Talked about the rugby at the weekend. I explained why support Benetton and then he just asked like how is Italian rugby at the moment I was just like you know all this you watch just as much rugby as me and you don't know anything about the state of of rugby in Italy I think Uh, the
1: tricky thing is with just the fact that right the premiership is its own thing so unless I, I would hope that the average Welsh rugby watcher Irish rugby watcher Scottish rugby watcher knows more than the average English one Right, you'd assume they would because they're in the same league. But it is really boring when you live in England to just hear the same nothingness. Um, but that's, again, why we're here.
0: But you could hear that when you watched the game because you had Tom Shanklin, who at the past has been, I thought, pretty mean, particularly to Zebre, But he knows about Italian rugby. And you had Jamie Lyle, the Scottish commentator. Again, it was chalk and cheese, how they talk about Italian rugby and what they know compared to English pundits. English pundits are the laziest and worst pundits for rugby in the world. I I mean that. Just because you played rugby at a good level in 2003 or you coached a good team in 2003 and then went on to do the worst Lions tour that anyone's ever had in 2005 doesn't mean that you are fit to be a pundit. You might be a good coach. You were a good player, but you don't analyse the game. And just knowing how the game of rugby operates doesn't mean that you don't have to do the homework and actually learn who the players are, learn who the teams are, and actually go into a little bit of their history or understand what's going on. I find it absolutely infuriating. And when I just saw that, I I couldn't believe it. The only reason I was watching that show, I watched all the games, the only reason I was watching that show was to see what they say about Benetton and... Yeah, and hats off to Benetton. An hour highlights—that's all they get.
1: For anyone who's going to turn around and be like, "Oh, well, you know, they can't watch all the games, they can't comment, they can't know about every play. No, we're not saying that. I am genuinely saying all you need to do is dig up one or two stats and any one of us can do it. If any one of us can do, dig up one or two stats, dig up how this is history for an Italian club, dig up how, I don't know, even talk about like, what mention one try, you know, just like watch a two minute highlights of the game. Like uh, we are not asking for you to be all knowing, all saying, all seeing, just go beyond hats off to Benetton, please. That rant over. Lamarro, player of the match. Now, he got player of the match before, I think, we saw why he even deserved player of the match. He had a great game, undoubtedly. Scored a try, brilliant. However, I think the brilliance that makes Lamaro, at 24 years of age, as great as he is, came in the 78th minute or the 79th minute, basically when the clock was in the red and they had that final scrum to defend in their 22. And he turned around and we couldn't hear what he was saying, but he gave all of those forwards a Henry V-inspired speech. He looked so passionate. That's what you want from a captain. And I think that had he not been on the pitch, we don't know how that game would have ended. Um, they could have I been-
0: almost threw my TV out the window. I was so inspired.
1: It was. It was great. Um, so, yeah, I was a little bit like, oh, should Melenchia have got player of the match? Because I thought he was just superb. But no, uh, Lamar had a great game and he scored a try. So give it to him
0: with our two captains, the two captains combined with Duvenage and Lamara for that try.
1: Yeah. And you said it, didn't you? You were like, you know, it's all Duvenage is amazing. I love Duvenage. But as a captain, um, in those moments where basically you're winning the game off having to defend for 10 minutes in your 22, a scrum half isn't going to give you the talk that you need.
0: Well, we can do anything scrum half. We're very talented, adaptable. But yes, What I saw there was like a 24 year old Martin Johnson. Do not let them through under any circumstances. This is a seriously important moment. And you know that he's going to lead from the front there as well. You know, unlike a George Gregan type, but actually, you know, George Gregan did put his body on the line time and time again.
1: It was basically like lived experience, right? You could tell that he was going like, guys, this, these are the moments that make or break a club right you've just got to defend we've just got to put everything leave nothing out there defend this and we win the game um and you know following on from Italy's six nations where they were in with a chance but couldn't finish this was great to see them them hold out
0: it was really clever rugby because they they defended so well and they didn't overcommit at the breakdown and it's like they said we're not going to play that game just tackle everything that moves and let our Zuliani and Meili, let the guys who go for the ball, just give them space to do it. Eventually, they'll get one. In the meantime, let's just hit everything as hard as we can. Yeah, It's not overcomplicate it. And let's not get sucked into the rucks like the Cardiff team wants us to.
1: And that's how you win. And we won. And we're in the semifinals. Um, sadly, though, that is our last home game of the season, guys. So what's really tragic about that is that we won't have a chance a reason to go to Treviso now until September or October, which is pretty sad, right? I, I, want, I would like to go to Treviso where I don't have to wear a winter coat.
2: We should definitely look into that. <laughs> <laughs> or we, why don't we just do Venice or something and then that'd be a good excuse to go over.
1: What, and not watch a game, just go, go to enjoy the canals? Well, I, think we
2: should, I think we should break in and and play a game ourselves. Well, they do kiddie camp.
1: Oh, we'll put coaching in kiddie camp.
2: You could actually do some no. coaching. <laughs> use those qualifications though.
1: for people who don't who can't see him which is everyone he's currently wearing a t-shirt that says coach on it um and he's in a room Looks that is lit very like red a brothel
0: it's a brothel he's in a brothel
1: he's had a heavy easter weekend old coach
2: it's been fun but
1: so that's it guys we're now next up toulon um well it's not next up we now have two weeks where we have to go to south africa before coming back to go to France. Um it's tricky.
0: Good training though. Quick turnarounds in South Africa they've got a game on Friday and a game the following Friday. That's against the Sharks who just lost against Toulouse and then it's against the Stormers. Uh they probably need to win both of those games to get into the playoffs and if they do get into the URC playoffs they're probably going to be playing Leinster away. <laughs> it's not an easy ending to the season. Sharks, Stormers and then Toulon all away. Yeah. and then, if you win those, you get into some more knockout rugby. Well if they beat too long, obviously, they get into a final, yeah
1: but... I don't know about you, but I sort of think, as you say, you know, if they beat the sharks and they beat the stormers, then they go on to play Leinster away. I would just not bother. I'd be like, guys, let's just focus on on the challenge card. yeah um,
2: what I would like to that.
0: see that what I would like to see them do is I would like them to see them play their best team again against the sharks quick turnaround, but I'd like to see them put a really good side out there. If they lose that game, they're basically out of the BKT URC. So that means they can really heavily rotate for their last BKT URC game and give those great players a bit of a rest before they go to the Stade in Toulon. If they beat the Sharks, they probably still need to rotate, but that'll give the players such a boost for when they end up in Toulon. I think it's worthwhile doing
1: that so do you have to take more players out to south africa because obviously you're there for two weeks so you have to go take like double what you'd normally take for one get one well, not double but a lot more and then if you lose you go like right i'm going to rest my best ones for too long i don't know it's tr- it's tricky because you're going so far for quite a long time
2: if you were to be a cynical person as a coach you would just probably think right there's a potential final potential silverware We don't play away very well maybe they should just focus on on that aspect and if they get a win they get wins but eyes on the prize would be
1: yeah i mean the the sort of scary stat from this weekend is also that not a single away team won um in either the challenge or the champion so home advantage is clearly very very significant
0: well they didn't give them a a very good chance to do that i mean that was a organization cock up because they only gave everyone a week to buy their away tickets and sort out their travel i'm not saying that treviso is going to turn up in their tens of thousands to toulon because they've got more time to buy tickets but i think that might be why that they there weren't more away wins this week anyway it'll be very interesting to see what Bortolami picks who Bortolami picks for the games against the Sharks and Stormers yeah. obviously you still need to take your best players though because otherwise they've got two weeks away from the coaches and you yeah. can't have that so they yeah. all need to get on that plane to South Africa and who plays plays
1: and uh, as you say two games Friday Friday so what's quite good about that is that they play the Stormers on the Friday and then they're too long game isn't until the sundays they do have a little bit more recovery than if they were playing say on the saturday and had the challenge cup semi-final on the following friday right they've got over a week um, before before getting to france so that's good one more thing i think we should probably touch on quickly is uh, the under 18 six nations festival i think they're calling it with the men and the women now the women have not started well they're yet to put any points on the board Um, They had two sort of mini games of half an hour. Maybe they'll do better in the next round.
0: But the men's under 18s beat Wales.
1: Comfortably, I would say.
0: Does anyone have the score to hand?
1: 8-29.
0: 29 points to 8, which is a great start for the Italian babies. And they've got two more games left. I think they are against France and England are their two games they've got left. They don't play all the teams because obviously they need to fit this into school holidays because they're children.
1: They don't play Scotland and they don't play Ireland because they're busy, they have studies to do. Guys, I think we should wrap up. The final thing we should just quickly touch on before we we end this episode is a new segment that we're we're going to start pushing from now on, um, titled, What Made Coach Mad This Week?
2: When BT Sport put on the dates for the semi-final of the Challenge Cup and they put 28th to the 30th. <laughs> like there's a date range and it hasn't been organised. Like a really <laughs> crap stag do. But <laughs> well, when is it? I don't know, 28th to the 30th, something like that. That weekend. <laughs> but they put that on television. How am I meant to plan my life around something that they haven't already organised?
1: yeah that is a a really good point why don't they know
2: it may be angry no i think that's legitimate i think that's legitimate
1: yeah because as soon as we found out that you know we made the semi-finals i was like okay well what date is it 28th to the 30th
2: yeah how do you want (laughs) this isn't a whatsapp group (laughs) tell me what time the game's on surely there's a lot of logistics putting this game on
1: Yeah, because they already know when the final is. So why don't they know when the semi-finals are? I understand they could be in different places, but surely you just get each stadium to commit.
2: Yeah, absolutely mental.
1: (laughs) But now you know, now you know, Coach, that it is on Sunday, Sunday the thirtieth, at half past one local time. Now we know. Will you be going?
2: I don't know. If they're going to be so French about it, (laughs) I think I want to.
1: (laughs) And that's what made Coach mad this week.
0: we go, Bravi Leoni
1: The road to Dublin continues, and for anyone curious, we will share on our socials what Benetton um, have created as their, their route, route to Dublin poster. In fact, we should probably share all of them, because they're some of the funniest photoshopped images. They're currently on a boat, holding a lantern, making their way to the Aviva Stadium.
0: Like sneaky Venetians. <laughs> I mean I mean, sort of like historical Venetians, not modern day Venetians. I mean sort of like imagine Shakespeare in love, that kind of time. And then imagine what they were doing in Venice on their boats with their lanterns.
1: And they That's they photoshopped, like. I think it's Zuliani and Lomaro. Oh, there's a couple of people, maybe it's Brax. Anyway, they've, they've put them on this boat looking sneaky. One of them hol- holding a lantern. The other one looks like he should be holding an oar, but they haven't photoshopped the oar in. I wonder why.
2: They're bad at it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: One of our long-term goals is to get Coach to uh, end up doing the social media for for Benetton. I want to
2: I want to meet the person who does the social media <laughs> for Benetton. It's I a source of person. so
1: much happiness, though. We we do get a lot of kicks out of Benetton's social. Whatever
2: media. I want to meet them in whatever cupboard they've been chained in up in.
0: <laughs> They're never going to help our podcast if we slag off their social media <laughs> team. So no,
1: well, we love you. it. It does bring us joy. Guys, that's it from us for this week. It was a tense, tense 80 minutes of rugby. Hopefully, you know, they go to South Africa, regroup, maybe get a win. Who knows? Quietly pessimistic. <laughs> optimistic.
0: Optimistic. Oh,
1: Let's not optimistic. forget a
0: few years ago, Benetton only lost
2: to Toulon by one point.
1: Yeah, I was talking about their South African... Double weekend, but oh yeah, let's
2: well, see we'll... how let's let's see how South Africa goes, and then we'll yeah. we'll have a rough estimate on how we're going to do in too long.
1: I do think there's a lot to be said for like different mentality for different competitions. So go on, I think we can make it to the final, where all roads lead to Dublin.
0: See, si. ciao,
1: ciao a tutti.